Hello, you're listening to Bricks and Mortar with Sarah Jackman. Today, I'm talking to Ben Brownlee, Assistant Building Surveyor at Irons England and former rugby professional. Ben was, until 2020, full-time player for Nottingham Rugby, but reassessed his career path during the pandemic. In the time since, he has completed an MSc in Building Surveying through Northumbria University, entered the industry and has plans to take his APC. Ben, thank you very much indeed for joining me today for a look at your career and journey into the industry. Um, it's great to have you on the podcast. It's an interesting career that that you've built in the sense that it incorporates two very different professions. So you have rugby, I guess, as your, your initial career and, and now building surveying. Are there any commonalities between the two? First of all, thank you for having me, Sarah. Yes, I think I'd say there's definitely some uh, some similarities between the two. Coming from a sort of rugby playing background and that side of things, it's very uh, team orientated around sort of your everyday activities, and ultimately you're you're there to perform as a team um, and get a result as a team. Um, and I think that uh, definitely translates uh, into the building surveying world, where you're occasionally you will be working sort of individually on your own, but uh, ultimately. You're there as a team um, to deliver a service for the client and, and make sure that they're satisfied with sort of the service that you're giving them. So, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of similarities um, from that side of things with with the teamwork. And then at the same time, um, you've obviously have your sort of your individual areas so in rugby. You have your obviously your positional specific skills that have to be sort of relied upon in order for your team to get those results. And again, in building surveying, sort of whether you're out on a survey, it's up, it's up to you as the surveyor to um, sort of prepare a, a good detailed survey and then sort of make sure that you're you're playing your part in the wider team to, to deliver that service for the client. So you started playing professional rugby in, in 2014 um, after completing your degree in sports science. Tell me a little bit about what that was like. Was it the realisation of, of a long-held ambition for you? Yes, yeah, certainly it was. Um, so I've, I've always wanted to play professionally sort of from a very, very young age. Um, so I think I started playing when I was five or six years old. And then through secondary school, I was um, a member of the Northampton Saints Academy. And so sort of from that, that sort of early age, I was, I was always wanting to try and play as a professional and yeah fortunately um i was able to to have that opportunity sort of once i once i finished my studies at, at nottingham trent at the end of my term in the northampton saints academy fortunately i didn't get a contract at that time which is sort of when i decided to go and um sort of do do my undergraduate degree at, at nottingham trent and um sort of have something in place to to fall back on sort of at the end of my career because obviously you can't play rugby forever um and and then it was during my time at Nottingham Trent that, um, that yeah, I was picked up by the coaches at, at Nottingham. And then on completion of my studies, I was fortunate enough to be be offered a full-time contract and, and play full-time. You continued playing with them until 2020 um, when the pandemic arrived and, and that forced you to reassess. Tell us a little bit about the context in which the pandemic really affected the rugby profession. Yeah, so it's um, it kind of all came to a standstill, really. Um, so we were sort of mid-season in March 2020, I think it was. And yeah, obviously the sort of the pandemic came in. Everything sort of very much went up in the air. 
we were in the in the initial stages sort of doing some online um, sort of training with our SNC physio. Um, we'd have sort of teams meetings and to sort of just keep things ticking over while sort of everyone tried to understand what was happening and what was what the situation was going to be. And then, yeah, ultimately Nottingham uh, Rugby during that time decided that they were going to uh, change to a part-time model. So they were going to change to training uh, sort of in the evenings with sort of players expected to go and get full-time jobs sort of alongside playing. Um, and so that's um, that was sort of where my hand was forced a little bit in terms of then uh, sort of moving on to to sort of the next the next sort of step of my sort of career and and uh, where I wanted to go after um, after rugby. Um, so in a way, it was a kind of a good opportunity that that came to sort of get my foot in the door before I ended up retiring from rugby. It was a good opportunity to sort of make that transition um, at that time, um, which was the you know, path that I ended up ended up taking. So tell me a little bit about how you took the step or the decision um, to pursue a career in the property industry. I know you mentioned before that you studied sports science at university, so you're you're thinking of future-proofing um, and potentially, I guess, doing something in that sport-related field. So what made you think of making the leap into property? Yes, yeah, so as you say, it was my, my kind of, my whole life was always dominated by sport and, and the whole way through I always sort of thought that sport was going to be the career that I went into or something within the sports industry is um would be the career that I'd go into when I finished playing um but it was it was actually in uh, so I bought my first house in um 2019 um and we did quite a lot of work to it um and so my partner's uh my partner's dad is sort of very handy and and uh we did a lot of work to the house and and sort of I was there helping him out and it was the first time that I'd really actually sort of thought about sort of property and the built environment as a as an actual career path and so that's what sort of sparked the interest in it and then sort of with a bit of research around uh, sort of careers and, and opportunities within the, the sort of built environment sector and building surveying was something that sort of stuck out to me uh, mainly for the, the sort of the practical side of it coming from a sports background I couldn't really envisage myself being sat at a desk 24/7, and so the the practical nature of building surveying and and going out to site um, sort of quite often and and being able to meet new people as well was something that was really really appealing to me. That was then what kickstarted sort of looking into how I could then go about obtaining my masters um, and how I could do that, how I could best do that as I sort of transitioned away from full-time rugby. And what's it a surprise to you when you started to look into the variety of careers that do exist within the built environment? Yeah, definitely. It was um, I, I hadn't quite appreciated how um, yeah how many sort of different sectors and and how many career opportunities there were. So it, it certainly yeah, took some uh, sort of going through and and reading a lot online and speaking to some some people that I knew that had uh, sort of studied built environment courses at university and to try and find out some more about. Uh, the specific careers and yeah it was uh it was sort of building surveying was the one that, that stood out for me you took your first steps then into property with oak property investments before joining the behem partnership as the party wall surveyor tell me a little bit about those initial steps into the industry so the oak property investments came about through a contact at, at Nottingham rugby actually so it was at the time um 
I was sort of still unsure as to as to what was going to be happening with rugby and so the contact at Nottingham was able to um, sort of set me up with some uh, some work opportunities over the summer of uh, 2020 I think it was um, so that was sort of just in the in the maintenance team um, going around the, the student properties and carrying out repairs and just general maintenance works so I was in I was in that role for for about I think it was five or six months um, just over that sort of summer of 2020 and then by that point I'd sort of decided that I very much wanted to look into to getting some actual surveying experience so I'd, I'd started my uh, part-time masters at Northumbria at this point so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to to try and get the practical surveying experience alongside the theory but I didn't uh, sort of quite appreciate was how tricky it would be at the time with with a pandemic and sort of COVID still around a lot of companies weren't really looking to hire people because again they were sort of uncertain of what the future was going to hold and, and how things were going to be so I was looking at um, sort of roles around Nottingham and then also back down uh, in St Albans and Harpenden which is where I grew up and where my parents um, still lived um, and fortunately enough a role came up with uh, being partnership down in St Albans sort of took that is a, is a really good uh, is a good opportunity to get my foot in the door and, and actually start building up some practical surveying experience. So I then moved moved back down, moved back in with my parents, which was uh, yeah, which was interesting. And then uh, was down there for sort of just under two years, I think it was that I was at BM Partnership, and and yeah, it was a really good, really good learning experience and and good start to my um, to my career in surveying. And, and what were your initial impressions once you'd you'd sort of got your career in property underway? I mean, how did it feel sort of working in that way as compared to to working as a rugby professional? Yeah, it certainly took some uh, some adjustment. Um, so sort of going from uh, from full time training where you sort of would start training at eight in the morning and then you'd be sort of finished around sort of two, three o'clock in the afternoon to um, sort of being in the office at half eight, nine o'clock, and then working through to half five. That was took a bit of a bit of adjustment um, to, to doing, but no, it was yeah, it was it was a really good um, sort of experience and good transition to, to sort of see the the actual sort of the working world, the working surveying world, and and yeah, and with the people that I was with down at BM Partnership as well, they they guided me really really well and um, gave me a lot of good good learning experiences, um, which I think certainly going to put me in sort of good stead yeah. uh, moving forward. And you mentioned obviously the the study side of things. Tell me a little bit about what it was like going into to studying again and how you managed that against your day-to-day commitments. Yeah that was that was again another sort of really challenging uh, part of the transition was obviously where when I did my undergrad it was I was a full-time student and so had uh, sort of spare time to to go down to the library and sort of get whatever I need done throughout the day um so going to sort of working full time and, and really only having sort of evenings to to actually um do my studies was um was a big challenge um and it sort of definitely meant that I had to to plan my time well um sort of each week to make sure that I had the a good allocated amount of time to to complete the the work that I needed to do for my for my course so and then on top of that I still was was playing rugby um as well so two evenings a week I was training and and yeah having to, to fit in the, the studying around that yeah it was quite quite a challenge but um yeah I think it's it was certainly beneficial and sort of standing in good stead um sort of moving forwards um sort of having 
having juggled sort of multiple things um, sort of through that time. So in June, you moved to your current role um, as an assistant building surveyor at Science England. Tell me a little bit um, about that role and why that appealed to you. Yeah, so um, so the role sort of stood out to me in that it was um, I was wanting to look to to get that more general or broader sort of building surveying experience um, to allow me to to build up those experience in the, the APC competencies and be able to, to go through my APC. So, so yeah, it came up and had a had a chat with Mike, the director of the building consultancy team here, um, and was yeah really sort of impressed with their setup and and um, and the work that they do and the sort of the diversity of their work as well. And that really sort of stood out to me and, um, and sort of appealed as a, as a place that I wanted to come and, and be a part of. And also moving back up to Nottingham as well. Um, so I still still have my house up here with my partner and was looking to sort of try and settle in in one place really. Um, and so this was a, a, a good opportunity to move back to Nottingham. Um, and I'd heard of Innis England before. It was um, again through contacts at Nottingham Rugby. Actually, I'd, I'd spoken with Matt Hanna, the director here before, so or the managing director, sorry. And um, and yeah, was was again really impressed when when I had that initial chat with him. Um, and and yeah, it's, uh, so far it's been a really good experience and has, has suited me really well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of getting getting stuck into the APC route uh, pathway now and. Um, and yeah, moving forward. What what sort of preparation is involved for your APC, and what what sort of timeline are you thinking of in terms of submitting your paper for assessment? Yeah, so I think it's uh, I'm probably looking at um, sort of 2024 before I before I sit the APC. But we've got um so we've got an APC counsellor within the company, so we've have um, sort of monthly seminars that um, that allow us to go through um, different elements and and um, Sort of discuss our experiences and there's some other graduates as well within the um within the company so we all get together and that's sort of really beneficial being in a room with with everyone else who's going through the same um the same sort of experience in the same path so we have those sort of monthly and and then i've got my supervisor as well mike so i'll sort of be sitting down with him over the next few weeks and and sort of ironing out the the competencies that i'm going to go with um, my optional competencies and then um and then yes yeah, it's, it's kind of just going to be a case of building up that experience um, sort of in, in day-to-day work and assisting the senior surveyors um, in the company and and then yeah looking to sort of build towards that, that 2024 date to to actually sit my final final assessment. And tell me then about your hopes for the future in the industry once you've gained the accreditation. So I haven't really thought too too far ahead of, of that at the moment to be honest. I think yeah the first step for me is just to Get my chartership and um, go through the APC, and then I think it's um, yeah, just going to be sort of having assessing sort of the situation when we get there. Um, I think the industry is going to have a big role to play, in particular in these next sort of fifteen to twenty years in relation to climate change and the sort of ensuring that, that the built environment in particular um, sort of plays its part. You know, it's, it's sort of one of the big uh, the big sectors that that sort of requires action. Um, to sort of meet our the climate targets that have been set so I guess it'll be sort of helping uh, sort of look to that in the future and and how I can use my experiences that I'll build up and um, sort of over the next sort of how many years to to actually um, sort of play a part in 
helping to combat that climate change that's that's going on. And you still play rugby part time. Is the intention to continue those in tandem for as long as possible? Yes, yeah, it is. It's still um, so I'm still obviously really enjoy playing rugby. It's uh, it's not become a chore just yet. So so yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of looking to carry on playing for as long as possible. Yeah, we had a good season last year down at Cambridge. So yeah, we're looking to sort of push on again this season and um, and yeah, hopefully we can have another good year and um, and yeah, I've still got a few years of uh, playing at a decent level left in me, hopefully. Fantastic. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. It's It's been really interesting talking to you. And I guess just one last question, really. If there's anyone listening today who's perhaps thinking of making the transition from one existing career into real estate, what sort of advice would you have for them? They just um, obviously do your research beforehand, but just don't be scared of doing it because, you know, there's a lot of transitionable skills that moving from sort of one uh, one industry into another um, and I think that it's certainly you should kind of just back yourself and go with what you think is best for you and how you obviously looking at your kind of skill sets and, and seeing where they can be best utilised potentially in a different career and um, and just sort of yeah making that transition and you know, there's people that are going to be there to help you and with that transition and um, and sort of help you set yourself up for a successful career in property or wherever else it might be that you want to go to. Ben, thank you so much. On that note, thank you for your time today. Thanks, Sarah. That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and the EGI archive at egi.co.uk.